We're holding Mem Tes Amud Aleph, four lines from the top. We're going back to the main subject of this Perik, Hatmana. The Mishnah mentioned that there are certain things that you're allowed to cover the pot with them before Shabbos if they are dry. But if they are wet, if they are moist, they will add heat, and therefore you're not allowed to cover the pot with them before Shabbos. They had a question in the yeshiva. What does moist mean? Does it mean that they are naturally moist from the natural moist they had to begin with? For example, straw that is naturally moist, that's a problem. But if I would, let's say, take dry straw and then put some water on it, or dry grape skin and put some water on it, dry pieces of uh, fabric and put some water on it, that wouldn't be a problem. Or maybe we will say, even if it is wet, it is moist for an external reason, some water fell on it, it still will make the heat, it will still add heat to the pot. That's the question. Toshima, says the Gemara like this, one second. What, let's look at the Mishnah. What are the examples the Mishnah brought? And let's see, is it possible that they should be naturally moist? So let's see. Straw. Straw could be naturally moist or uh, water added afterwards. Not with uh, grape skin. Also, could be naturally moist or moist added afterwards. Pieces of fabric. How are they naturally moist? Again, fine, that makes sense. Grass could be naturally moist or water added afterwards. So in all of these we say, when they are moist, it's a problem. So it would make sense if you say that even if they are moist from an external source, they still cannot be used. Shepherd, then everything makes sense. But if you say they are moist in their own right, Pieces of fabric which are moist in their own right. How is that possible? Pieces of wool, pieces of cotton that are moist naturally. So if the Mishnah says don't use it when they are moist, obviously it means even if water was added onto it. Says the Gemara, it is possible. Between it's the leg and the, and the rest of the body and that, whatever, like the underarm, if you want to call it, I don't know exactly how you call it, by the animal. He's, it sweats a lot over there to the extent that if you want to share the wool over there, you won't succeed to share it. You have to pull it out. So those pieces can also form small bits of wool. And let's say you use that wool, that would be a problem. Who would want to use that wool for his pot? I'm not sure. But if someone did, then it's a problem because it's naturally moist. Well, that eat. So you can still say that only natural moisture is a problem. External moisture is not a problem. Fine. Says the Gemara, one second. Fine, that fits very well with the Mishnah. the Tani Rabbi Shaya. Rabbi Shaya has, an, has accurate braces, and he has such a brace. Toinim to cover apart b'ksus yevesha with a dry clothing. dry wheat, dry grains. Now with a wet clothing, now with wet grains. So grains, I understand, they can be naturally fresh. But 
a clothing which is wet on its own right. How is it possible? So there's one here also, and this is also very interesting. And if someone has any explanations to offer, to post in the forum or something. Someone was bored. He made a, a, a clothing out of this underarm wool, which is full of sweat that would never dry out. And he made it into clothing. And then he wants to use that clothing to cover his pot of children for Shabbos. So that will be a problem. But if a clothing became wet, then it's not a problem. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the halacha is that uh, only if it's wet on its own right, it's a problem. If it became wet from an external source, it's not a problem. Now, it seems like many times in the Gemara, it says very doichik explanations, and we had that earlier also according to Teisvis, is because a certain conclusion is very clear to them. And therefore, if we have a proof otherwise, we have to explain it somehow, even if it's a very doichik explanation. So it seems like it was obvious to the people in the yeshiva that external moisture does not add heat. Natural moisture, if you add water to a clothing, why should it add heat? If it has the sweat, that could add heat. The moisture, the natural moisture of grass and of straw, that could add heat. But if you pour water on it, there's no reason it should add heat. So since that conclusion was clear to the, to the people in the yeshiva, so they were troubled by the fact that in the Mishnah it sounds otherwise, and they would look to find any explanation that it should stay with this conclusion that that they, they knew was 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 a definite conclusion. That's the khir, the way to look at such gemaris, which have the khir, answers because the conclusion was an obvious conclusion to them. Maybe either way, if someone has some explanation on this matter of the atmi is uh, invited to offer it. You can or you could present it now or later, whenever you want. Okay, so that's that. So there was, the Mishnah says there's certain things you can cover with them when they're dry, not when they're wet. There was a question whether it includes external moisture or only natural moisture. And we had trouble with wool or with clothing. And the answer for that was we could say that's only natural moisture. And wool or even a clothing is talking about that it's made from wool that's full of sweat that would never dry up. And that's natural moisture. And therefore, you're not allowed to uh, cover the pot with it. But if it was added moisture, you'd be allowed to cover the pot with it. Okay. Fine. Now we're going to other examples where you're allowed to cover with them regardless if they're wet or dry, according to the Mishnah. List. Actually, the Brice of Rabbi Shai referred to this Mishnah, but I guess it sounds like the Mishnah does not differentiate. Tell me you're allowed to cover a pot with the clothing with paris or with, with the grain. In, in Gemara, uh, grains are called paris as well. With with dove feathers, feathers of a dove. Over the soyrus shel haroshim, with sawdust. Over the oyrus shel pishtan daka, or some take out the word daka. When the oyrus shel pishtan, and with the bits that come out of flax when you comb it, in order to make it, uh, you know, into linen, something which you can make into into, into linen, you have, to, you, have to, you have to comb it, and some pieces come out. So those pieces can be used to cover the pot. Rabbi Yehuda oyser bedako. Rabbi Yehuda says no. Thin is no good. Thin could add heat. Umatir begas only thick only preserves the heat. Now we're not sure what he's talking about. Is he only talking about the bits coming out of the flax, 
or is he also talking about the sawdust? So the Gemara will deal with this. But he, he, he has a problem with thin, either thin flax bits or thin sawdust. We're not sure that it adds heat. Only thick ones don't add heat. Fine. Now, since we mentioned uh, dove feathers, which is not a common thing in the Gemara, and there's a story the Gemara wanted to record, and there's no other place that it fits into. So the Gemara recorded it here. Amar Gufnoki. If you want to put on tefillin, your body must be clean. Kelisha bal Just like Elisha. Just like Elisha. Just like Elisha. Um, uh, a person called Elisha, which was called the one who had the feathers. Um, had a clean body when he wore tefillin. So too, if you want to wear tefillin, you have to have a, a clean body. Which that is, okay, let's see. My, what is it? Are you translating, body? I mean, you're translating them as feathers or as, are you translating kanafayim as, as wings or as feathers? Feathers, feathers. If I'm not mistaken, there's a, a Rashi over here that, Mukuti uh, Rashi, that brings, um, that it's called pluma. I'm not mistaken, pluma is the feathers. Here Rashi also says noits. Noits is the feathers. The, the feathers of the wing. But uh, you take the, the, the actual wing, you're not going to cover a pot with that. Yeah. Feathers are you cover a pot with. But I'm just thinking in terms of the mice, in the terms of the mice, isn't it? So let's see, let's be... see. It's very possible that they're also used, he had feathers. Why would he hold wings? Must <laughs> roast them. That's the... Feathers, you, you take feathers one place or another. You, I don't know what it was. I don't know. It's more like it's something to hold in his hand feathers and hold in his hand, hand wings. Yeah. Fine. Mayi, what does it mean to have a clean body? Don't, don't pass any wind while you're wearing tefillin. Don't sleep in them. When you sleep, you might pass wind or you might become not tired. Or you might, just the fact that you're not focusing your mind, you're not paying attention to respect the tefillin, and you must focus your mind when you have the tefillin. And therefore, today, we don't wear it all day because we don't want to, we don't consider ourselves careful enough to wear it all day. Only by davening we wear it. Now, my cardinally balkanifying, why was Alicia called the master, the owner of the wings or, or, the, or the feathers? Shapamachas that happened once, Gazra Malchus Remi Arisha The Roman government made a decree, Al Yisrael and the Eden. Shukalaminiach Tfilin never will wear Tfilin in Akras Moichid that will pierce his brain. But Elisha Manicham, Elisha put them on. He went into the street. No, Kaster Echad. A policeman saw him. Rotli Panov. So he ran away. The policeman ran after him. They came and Shegiya Esau when he reached him, not the Mirashivar, he took it off his head, so his hand feeling needs to be covered. And maybe he managed to take off the one that far from his finger and tuck it into his sleeve. But the thing from his head he had to take off. And he held it in his hand. Amrullah told him, what do you have in your hand? It's dove feathers. He opened his hand and he took him for with actually dove feathers in his hand. Unless it turned into dove feathers, they shouldn't catch him. 
They call him Elisha Balkanafayim, Elisha, the master of the feathers. Now, the Tesis says that, how do we know that Elisha guarded his body the whole time when he was wearing tefillin? If not, Hashem, Hashem would have made him such a nest. He made him a nest. It must have been not just the fact that he went to Mr. Snefesh, that he's not going to, he's going to go into the street with tefillin, but he actually was fit to wear the tefillin. Uh, because he, he, he respected the tefillin constantly when he wore it, and Therefore, when he was caught, I should have made a nest, I change into feathers. In those days, tefillin wasn't so expensive. It says that tefillin, like everyone has the same tefillin, just go to the store and get a new tefillin. It was like not a big deal. So I guess the fact that it turned into feathers didn't make him a big loss. Uh, <laughs> but it just it saved it. Yeah. So was the fact that his his covet of the tefillin consisted of the fact that he maintained the gufnoki? In other words, that's yeah. how we mechabed the tefillin. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, you know not talking in the tefillin or other things like that? Or that could be included in hesachadas, but in those days they for sure spoke in tefillin because they were tefillin all day. They were tefillin all day. They were careful not to be. No, I meant I meant you know loose talk. Yeah, Carlos Roish. So Mustafa that wasn't a chiddush. Mustafa he wasn't the only one. The chiddush was that he guarded himself the whole time. How do we know that the tefillin that the 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 kanfei yona didn't turn back into filling, or was it only a one way? Could yes. be, could be, could be, could be. Umayishin al kanfei yona. Why did it? Why did he say? Was he lying? He wasn't lying. Why did he say it's dove feathers? And why did it turn into dove feathers? Mishar oif is more than other birds. Mishum the amsil knesses yisrael yona. Yidin are compared to a dove. Shenemer, as it says about the yidin. They have dove feathers, coated with silver. It's referring to the Yidim, they're called doves. And why feathers? Or why wings, which, which, which fly with the feathers mainly? Just like a, a, a dove, its wings, with its feathers, protect her. Why? So first of all, the feathers protect her. It, it make, keeps her warm. Um, and okay, so in one place actually says they also fly away with their wings, or mainly that's just what's unique by a dove that it if someone tries to attack it, it will fight back with its wings. And other other birds don't do so. I'm not a scientist, I can't tell you, but they state that they, they fight with their wings. So just like the dove protects itself with its feathers and its wings. So that's why he said, I'm holding dove feathers. We're a dove, and these are our feathers. These are our protection. This is our mitzvah. He was in line. And Hashem made it actually look that way to the eyes of the Roman, like whatever. That's what he knows about dove feathers. But it really was mitzvahs that were dove feathers. Fine. Okay. The next, one of the examples was sawdust, and then we had those bits, whatever it's called in English, those bits coming out of cooing flax. And Rabbi Yehuda said that if it's thin, it's a problem. If it's thick, it's not a problem. We're not sure what it was referring to. Was it referring to just the bits of the flax or also to the sawdust? Ibarilu, had a question. Rabbi Yehuda, is referring to also sawdust? Or he's only referring to the last thing mentioned in the Mishnah, 
which is the bits coming out of the flanks. Tashma, I'll bring you a price in the Tani Rabiudo. He made more clear, more specified. He clearly speaking about the bits coming out of the flanks. The flanks bits, if they are thin, then it's just like fertilizer that you're not allowed to cover a pot with because it adds heat. That's one of the examples you brought of things you're not allowed to cover the pot with is fertilizer. So this is just as, as it produces as much heat as fertilizer. So we see he's only referring to the bits of the flats and not to the sawdust. Sawdust, even he agrees that even thin sawdust can, you can cover the pot with. That's a good proof and that's the conclusion. So we spoke about covering a pot with a clothing or with grains or with dove feathers or with sawdust, whether it's thin, whether thick, according to all opinions and with the bits coming out of combing flax, which according to Tanakama, whether thick, whether thin is fine, and Buddha says only thick is fine. And then we mentioned that there was a nace with Alisha that he, he kept himself very clean when he, when he was wearing tefillin. And therefore, when it was a Xavier not to put on tefillin, and they always caught him, Hashem made a, made a nest that the tefillin should turn into dove feathers. Why did he say dove feathers? Because it really is dove feathers. We are doves, and that's our feathers that protects us. Just the feathers protect the dove. That was that. Okay. Next, Mishnah. Another, other examples of things you're allowed to cover the pot with. Toivnin, you're allowed to cover the pot bishlochin, with hide, with, with, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's already tanned hide, but it's not yet, it's just one big chunk, one big piece, just straight off the animal. It looks like you still see those bits where the feet were, where the hands were, where the, where the front feet were, where the back feet were. It still has that shape, or just tanned. It wasn't yet cut into any shape. Um, um, okay, cover with the hide. They're not muktzah. They're saying a separate thing. You should know that they're, they're not muktzah. People use hide. They sleep, but they sit on it. They use it. Begizit semer with shared wool. The ain We're not allowed to move it. It's not the same thing like the muchin. The muchin we mentioned in the last period was like small bits. Which that was a chiddush that although it's not as precious as uh, full long pieces of wool, still people don't are not mafkirit to cover the pot. And then there was a machlokes if I actually did cover the pot, does it become oismuktz or not? But here there's no machlokes. Here, if it's long pieces of wool, you definitely keep it in order to make a clothing out of it. So in the meantime, it's muktz. You don't want to get it dirty. You don't want to sit on it. So you know it's, it's muktz. You cannot move it even while you're covering the pot with it. So what do I do? I cover the pot and I can't move it. So what am I going to do? How am I going to take the pot? So what should you do? You lift the cover. If you have any empty spot where you could directly grip the cover, pick it up, even with the pieces of wool. They know if typically they'll fall. But let's say if you don't want it to fall right here because it's going to make a mess. So you can even lift it up and put it somewhere else. Because that's the rule. Whenever you have a muktzah thing on top of a non-muktzah thing, as long as it's not a bosses. Here it's not a bosses because the pot is not serving the, 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 the wool. The wool is serving the pot. So the pot is not a bosses. The problem is you're not allowed to carry a non-muktzah with the muktzah on it if you could shake it off. 
But if you need the place clear, you're allowed to carry it. So you're allowed to even carry it and put it somewhere else if you need the place clear because, because it's not a buses. As long as you don't hold directly the wool, you hold the cover of the pot, that's fine. You lift the cover, but he knows and they can fall on their own. Rabbi no. I don't let you just take out, lift the pot, lift the cover, and then take out the pot. Rather, if you want to take out the pot, you must tip the box to the side a bit. Why? If you'll just take it straight out, just the way it is, while you're taking it out, you might they might fall in. The pieces of wool might, the hole that, that was holding the pot might cave in. And then you're not allowed to move the wool because it's muktza. You won't be able to, be, to give her, put back the pot. And you're allowed to put back a pot on Shabbos. If you covered it before Shabbos and you took it out, you could put it back and cover it again. But here you're going to ruin that opportunity. So don't do that. If you want to still keep it for later, don't, don't take it out straight because then everything will fall in. Tip it in a way that it will hold the hole just the way it is and be able to put it back. Or some explain, I think, that you tip the whole box and you like scoop out of the pot while it's still in the hole because if you take it out of the hole, it's going to, again, the same reason, it's going to fall in. You're not going to be able to, to put it back. You could take it out and put it back. The Gemara will explain what exactly their opinion is later on. Fine. So now we're dealing with the Mishnah step by step. The first thing you mentioned is hide. They were sitting down, these two, these two Amiroim. was also sitting with them. Becoming Bible, they had a question. Did the Mishnah only talk about hide that belongs to a private person? And therefore, although he might want to make some things for himself out of this piece of hide, but if he gets a bit ruined, no, no, no big deal. He can sit down on it. It's his own. He bought it. But if he is a professional, he's going to sell this. Came on the carpet Since he wants to sell it and it should be in good condition, lay without the linen. You cannot move it around. Ideal or maybe no shalom then it's also talking about a professional's because of course if it's a private person for sure you could you could move it around. to ask me logically makes sense only if it's a private person's if it's a professional's copy the lie he's careful he doesn't want to ruin it. That's what logically I would say. told him guys guys stop logic. I'll tell you a testimony. Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yisi, said, My father was a tanner. Or even more, some say, means he was someone who would take off hide from animals. Both of these are very, very low, uh, very low caliber of, of a job. And this was Rabbi Yisi. Rabbi Yisi was Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yisi's father. And he was either a tanner, which says that a tanner cannot become a king because he always smells, or he used to take off the skin of animals, which also is not a respectful job. So the Ramam likes this Gemara, and he's trying to bring out of it that they should know that all the Tanoim, they all worked, whatever they, they had in order to make money, they didn't make any money off the Torah. 
And he said, bring some, some hide. The nation not Rashi says this was a story in the weekdays. That he would sit down on, on the hide, so he's just proving that the professionals are not particular. They say, no, sit on it, no problem. Nothing's going to happen. Or, according to Toysis, according to Bin Hanan, there was a story on Shabbos. And he was passing a halach of I'm a professional, and now it's Shabbos. Bring it. It's not muktsa. It's totally fine. Because I'm fine for you to sit on it. And that's the halacha that even professionals hide. You're allowed to, you're allowed to move it around on Shabbos because they're not so particular. You could sit on it, and nothing's going to happen to you. So it's not Muksa Machmas. Not Muksa Machmas and Kis. Yeah, that's what it would be. Would be Chasar and Kis, but it's not. Okay, so let's summarize what we learned. Number one, we spoke about um, certain things that you're allowed to cover a pot with only if they're drying out of their moist. And the question was, are we talking about natural moisture or even added moisture? So the one said, "What do you mean? One of the examples are pieces of wool and cotton. Pieces of wool and cotton could be naturally moist." Said, yeah, it could be pieces of wool from the underarms of the animal, which are full of sweat and they're naturally moist. What about a brisa which says that even a clothing cannot be moist? How could a clothing be naturally moist? He made a clothing out of that underarm wool. Fine. And therefore, we can still stick and say that only natural moisture is a problem to cover a pot with it, only that adds heat. Then we brought the Mishnah that you're allowed to cover with the clothing and with grains and with dove feathers and with sawdust and with bits coming out of of uh, combing flax now Rabbi Huda says only thin ones are fine and not thick ones we're not sure what he's talking about whether he's talking about the sawdust as well or only the bits coming out of combing flax and the Gemara brings up rice that it's only talking about the bits coming out of combing flax but sawdust even Rabbi Huda agrees that thin ones are fine since we mentioned the dove feathers, we mentioned that a halacha about tefillin, that you must keep your body clean, which means either you should not pass any wind, or you should not sleep, because then you might pass wind, or you might be tummy, or you might, or you're not focusing on it, and that's not considered a clean body. Who did keep a clean body? Elisha. One of the Elishas, which he had a nest because he kept his body clean, which is when the Romans made a decree that they cannot wear tefillin, he wore it, they saw him, he ran away and they caught him. He put it in his hand, the Tilm Shiroish, and he asked him what's there. And he said, The dove feathers. And, and uh, he opened his hand, and that's exactly what it was. And that saved his life. Why did he say dove feathers? Because he didn't know a dove, and the feathers protect the dove. And our, by us, the mitzvahs protect us. So he was saying, It's a mitzvah. We're a dove, and these are our feathers. Then we spoke about covering a pot with hide. So the Gemara was discussing whether hide is only talking about private hide, but if it belongs to a professional, then he's very particular that he shouldn't sit on it or not. So, we, so large king thought that not, you're not allowed to, because he's, 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 he's not allowed to because he's particular. Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi he said, my father was a tanner, and he either sat on the weekdays on it or he sat on Shabbos, then we can bring this in. He says, they're not Makhmin, it's not Muktza. Then we mentioned in the Mishnah, if you, you're allowed to, cover a pot with long shared wool, straw wool, but it's muktzah. You want to make a clothing out of it. It's muktzah machas nachas arnkis. It's muktzah machas 
that it's not ready yet. It's not, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a usable object yet. So how do you take out the pot? You, you hold the cover and then everything falls off or if you need to, you can even carry it. Then there was an issue of taking it out and putting it back in because you might lose the gap, lose the dent, and then you can you push it aside and put it back in. And for some reason, Chacham said it's not a problem, as we'll see later, why it's not a problem. Good morning, Shabbos. Good morning, Shabbos.